This is Hops and Spirits Bar Conversations. Come for the craft beer, bourbon, whiskey, and great drinks. Stay for the conversations. Here's your host, Jonathan Green. Welcome, welcome. I hope everyone is thawing out and uh, enjoying winter so far. I know I am between ice and snow and cold temperatures. It's a lot of fun. This episode is a lot of fun. We have a fun tasting notes. Chad Watson is back once again, this time talking celebrity back spirits because... I mean, anymore, I feel like a new cele- or a new product from a celebrity is coming out, whether it's bourbon, tequila, you name it. Some are good, some, who, yeah, you never know, you never know. But it's a fun chat with Chad, as always. And our conversation this week is with country musician Hannah Anders. She also has a Miranda Lambert tribute show. It's a fun chat to talk uh, with her about her career, music, and so much more. And if you haven't checked out our other podcast, Q&A, Questions in Alcohol, you can find that on our website, hopspirits.com. But let's not wait around. Let's have a little bit more fun. It's almost time. Where did I where, where did I put those? Here they are. <laughs> it's time for tasting notes. Welcome back to another tasting notes, and we have with us the wonderful Chad Watson, aka my daily bourbon. Chad, thanks for taking a little more time to talk bourbon and whiskey with us. Hey, no problem, man. I am always down to talk whiskey. I, see, and that's what that's what I love, and I feel like we might have a little fun on this conversation, even <laughs> though we only have five minutes. Uh, but you know. I feel like every time I turn around, literally, I hear news of a celebrity-backed or based whiskey, bourbon, uh, tequila, you name it. What's your thoughts on that? Um, that you're allowed so, to say with your job. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, I don't want to knock anything. There's, there's not a brand that I'm like, um, I dislike this. But it's the price point, uh, and I'll, that's, I'll start there. So uh, if you like that person or that group, uh, that celebrity is your favorite person ever, and you can afford to buy that if it's an expensive bottle, by all means, do it. Um, you like them. Um, but you've got people – so like I've not had the whiskey. I don't have any intention of having the whiskey. It just doesn't appeal to me. But like Brothers Bond, priced appropriately. Uh, it's 80 proof. It's priced around like – I can't remember. It's like 30 or $40. But, you know, that's not – and, you know, every person isn't going to go in there and be like, oh, I'm not going to spend 40 bucks on a bottle. I don't know. But um, they they could versus something like Sweeten's Cove, which, you know, Brothers Bond, the, the look of that bottle versus the look of something like Sweeten's Cove. And I know Sweeten's Cove gets a lot of crap. Um, it's just because their price point. But um, $200 bottle plus versus a $40 bottle. Um Nothing against Peyton and those people at Sweetens Cove have had Sweetens Cove, and I, you know, Marianne did a great job blending it. I think it tastes fine, um, but I can't spend two hundred bucks on that bottle um, when I could walk in my store thirty feet to the opposite end of the aisle and grab a you know seventy dollar Dickel fifteen year single barrel. Um, and that's nothing against them. That's just how I perceive my money. So if I mean, by all means, if you can afford to do that. Do it. Support them. But, uh, I mean, you've got tequilas, like Michael Jordan's tequila. Um, it, the cheapest version is like 80 or 90 bucks, and it comes from Casa Maestri's Distillery in Mexico. And you can look at all the brands they produce, and about 85% of those brands, a Blanco, cost around 30 to $40. Um, so I can't imagine they're doing anything crazy to improve the quality of that product to put into $80, $90 bottle. Um, and so... I'm happy that people, uh, celebrities are getting into this. It's, uh, see how that's a big cash grab. I mean, you look at like what George Clooney did, uh, what happened with Sammy Hagar and Cabo Wabo, um, Ryan Reynolds' gin. I mean, all these are, 
are you know celebrities attaching their name to something to sell to a big distillery um, to cash in on the alcohol craze, and and that may not be it. That you know Ryan Reynolds may love gin. I don't know the guy, but he may be a super fan of gin. But uh, I feel like aviation was kind of his way to be like I put my my mark on that. I've got my paycheck. I'm good. So yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll I was leave gonna that say there. yeah. The, I feel like you're you're paying extra just for the for the name most of the time, but. There are some that do it well, and there are some that are way more involved than others. <clears throat> so I guess that's the other thing. Some just slap their name on it, and then some are actually really involved. And I feel like at times that should be reward- <laughs> rewarded. Yeah, oh, absolutely. I mean, you look at like Slipknot and um, like what Sean Crane is doing uh, with um, Cedar Ridge. I mean, he's working on those blends. Um, he's going all in. And he's tasting the product. I'll admit that the first time I bought the bottle, I'm a, I was a huge Slipknot fan in high school, not to dwell on that. Um, but uh, um, when I seen that, it came out, I had to have, hunted for it, looked for it, found it at Kroger, got it, wasn't a huge fan, did a little more, didn't even, didn't do any research on it beforehand. Did some research, ah, okay, mostly corn whiskey, um, sweet, that makes 100% sense. You know, like guar, um, Working with Catoctin Creek, doing a rye whiskey. They're they're working on those blends. Uh, Dwayne Johnson. I don't know how much he's doing with Terra Mana, but the advertisement makes it look like he does a lot with the tequila. So I'm not sure, but his is priced appropriately. It's decently priced around like 35 bucks for a bottle. So props props to the Rock for that one. Well, and and I feel like at, at all times, everything, no matter what we talk about, comes back to price point, what you're comfortable with, and, and what and how you want to enjoy it. And if that, like you said, if you like it, you like the people, uh, you know what, go go support them. There, you know, feel free, but just be careful with how much you're dropping on some of these, because you might just be paying the same, twice as much for something else that you could easily get. Oh, ab- absolutely, man. And that's that's what I hate to see is people, hey, what do you think of brand XYZ? Um, don't know. I'm not paying XYZ for that bottle. But I have tried so-and-so's bottle at this price, and I think it's, you know, I think it's fine. But uh, these celebrities, they're priced that way for a reason. Someone's got to make money, and they've got to make money because I'm sure they've invested their time and money into it. So it is always about price point. And, and just be careful. And, Chad... Thank you as always for dropping just a little bit of knowledge and uh, you know helping <laughs> helping people realize you know sometimes you just got to do a little bit of research. Hey, no problem, man. Thank you for having me and my sweaty post work self. Um, I came home, ate dinner, and then threw on some clothes. <laughs> Remember to check out Hops and Spirits on social media at Hop Spirits, all one word, on Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, and Twitter. You can also find Hops and Spirits on YouTube and at HopsSpirits.com. Joining us here on the Bar Conversations now is country musician and songwriter Hannah Anders. Hannah, thanks for joining us. Hey, thanks for having me. Uh, I'm I'm glad to have you. Glad you're here. Uh, as we joked beforehand, you know, th- this time of year, people like to, are some people are doing. Uh, you know, when we recorded this, it was dry January for for some. Others, you know, the holidays, they're trying to behave themselves. So, are you behaving yourself tonight, or or do you have something in your glass? I'm trying to behave myself today. I have had more whiskey and more old fashioned cocktails in the last like four weeks, in the last two years. Let's be real. Than I probably have <laughs> in the whole of my life. And I I literally hit this weekend, and I told my husband, I was like, I have to, I have to stop. I have to get my life together. So it, my very sad glass has lemon water in it. How sad is that? 
You could say there's vodka in there too. I mean, it, it's I could. okay. <laughs> okay, let's retake it. Start from the beginning. All right. So, so are you an old fashioned then? Is that your drink of choice? What's your drink that of choice? My, that is my drink of choice. I'm an old fashioned girl. I will sometimes switch to a Manhattan, but mostly I'm an old fashioned girl. And before every show, I will do a straight whiskey on the rocks. That's the pre show. Gets ritual. the vocal cords ready. That's right. Gets you all warmed up. Now, yeah. now, do you do you do you do like the the old fashioned ver, you know variants? You know, like a maple old fashioned, a s'mores old fashioned, or are you just straight old fashioned? No, give me a classic. Give me a classic. Look, I I love the innovation. I really do, and and I'm I'm here for people's creative juices to flow. But like, like take that out on someone else's cocktail. Like give me <laughs> give me an old fashioned, the old fashioned way. That's all I want. I like it. I like it. I, I, I enjoy it, especially if I'm going out to eat. I always enjoy an old fashioned. Tonight I've got some Stellan bourbon from uh, the folks behind Barrel Bourbon. If you haven't had it, it's pretty good. It's it, it's their cheaper brand, so to speak, and it's still coming in around 50 bucks, but it's pretty pretty solid. Their rye is really good, too. So I love that. No, I love a, I love a good bourbon and whiskey recommendation. So thank so you. If, you. if you can find it, in the, and the barrels are also very good, but they're 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 pushing <laughs> a little higher than that. I'll just leave it at that. Yeah. Um, now, now, you know, we, we talked about it. You're, you enjoy a good drink, uh, but you also, you know, enjoy getting up on stage and performing. Yeah. And for those that may not know your style, what would, what would you call your style of music? Because obviously it's country, but I feel like just knowing, reading a little bit about you, is it a little country with maybe a little fun and attitude? For sure. For sure. I mean, I... Um, we're definitely, we definitely have some good classic and Southern rock influence in, in the music. And we, we've got some traditional country sound in there, but I was influenced by, by all of that. And I really, really influenced by classic and Southern rock. And so for, for me, um, it's definitely a, it's definitely a rip roar and good time. We sort of hit the gas and we don't, we don't hit the, the brakes for a full 90 minutes, really. So um, it's, a, it's definitely being on stage is, is for me where it all gets to come together. It's the reason I do the rest of it is so I can get on stage and perform. I was going to say, I mean, you, you talk about being on stage. Uh, you know, I've watched some of the videos you put up on social media. I mean, do you ever take a break during the set? I mean, just to even, you know, take a breath or is it go, go, go and have fun, fun, fun? It's kind of go, 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 have fun, fun, fun. I will every now and then um, the summer shows will require that you pump the brakes for a second or heat stroke, you know, ensues. Um, and, you know, I, I also really do love a good ballad. Once in a blue moon will we'll take it down. And my, my lead guitar player, who's the, the MD of the band as well, he'll always say to me like, gosh, throw that ballad in there. I think it'll, I think it surprises people that you can do that, you know, cause they always see this sort of high energy side of you. So every now and then we'll, we'll, we'll do that. And actually inevitably at the end of the shows where the ballads get thrown in, people will be like, that was my favorite moment because I just didn't expect it out of you at all. So I probably should, should do it more often than I do. <laughs> Let you catch your breath, but also, you know, just yeah. show off your range of skills as well. It's a, it's For a win-win. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Now, now you mentioned, you know, the Southern rock, classic rock, you know, influence in the style of the band. Is that what you grew up listening to? Is that kind of, you know, what, you know, you grew I guess that, like I said, what you grew up listening to. <laughs> you know, not as a little girl, as a little girl. So I grew up in Georgia um, so really exposed to country music from a very young age. But my mom is actually 
um, international. She's Lebanese of all things. So I grew up with a lot of world music in our home. Um, and actually my, my first like love and the first concert I ever saw, I think I was like eight years old was Paula Abdul. I'm about to really date myself. Okay. <laughs> I loved her so much. And I used to put her in my headphones and sing around the driveway. And my dad actually surprised me with tickets to go see Paula Abdul in Atlanta. And she made me want to perform. I think, and, and, for the youngins, you won't know, but Paula Abdul was it, okay? She was it. And she had such great stage presence and she was so incredible and, and such a force. And that was the first concert I ever saw. And I knew in that moment, that's what I wanna do. I wanna, I wanna be like electric like that on stage. And then as I began to songwrite as a young teenager is really where I realized that country music was who I was. And that was really the, at the at the heart of my storytelling. And then as I was a teenager, then got exposed to, you know, ACDC and Aerosmith and Leonard Skinner and, you know, and, and these other bands um, that really started to become a part of the sound that became the Hannah Anders Band. And, and you, you know, you talk about, you know, listening to Paula Abdul, uh, folks that, you know, maybe my age uh, think of her from American Idol probably these days, <laughs> these days. Um, but as everyone knows, she's super talented, amazing, amazing music. There's a reason she was the judge, you guys. Exactly. There was a reason. Yeah, <laughs> but I mean, was just seeing her perform is that what got you wanting to be in music more so, or was there another point where you're like, okay, this is fun and I can learn some stuff and do do some more with it? Yeah, I mean, I come from a really musical family. All of my cousins sing and play instruments. I'm honestly probably the least talented one of my whole family. I'm just the only one that has the performance bug. Um, my dad and mom, great voices. My grandmother was my first piano teacher. Um, my mom will literally say I sung before I spoke. I would sing everything. And I'm sure as cute as that is to tell, I'm sure it was irritating when, when she's a new mom and I'm singing at her all the time. Um, but I think I, I think I always knew it was seeing Paul Abdul was the first time. I mean, and, and you, you, you think back on me, this is an arena concert. This was not a small thing. This was a packed arena of people. Um, it was the full experience. It was the first time I was immersed in something like that. And I got to see what was possible as an entertainer. So I think that the bug was there and then getting to see it live like that is such a, I mean, I was so little, my dad, I mean, I, I'm on the shoulders, you know, like I'm so tiny and that, um, that, but that was it. I was like, done and i'm sure you know the collective sigh among your parents of like oh god she's gonna be a musician like kidding <laughs> but but i mean at least you came from a musical family like i feel bad for like my daughter she's singing all the time and uh, she does pretty good i don't know where she gets it because i can't carry a tune <laughs> i mean i know what sounds good but i'm pretty sure it's not me <laughs> you, Does anybody you know? in your family sing? like grandparents or siblings or anybody not to my knowledge, and I don't know if anyone on my my wife's side does either. We try, we try, um, you know, but it's not not pleasant. Hey, we cannot all have the same skills. <laughs> so I just do this. I talk to you, and and uh, that's my skill. <laughs> that's a great skill. Be interviewing people is an incredible skill that I think people. I have done so many radio and media tours, and I'm going to tell you what the people who are really skilled at interviewing will always stand out in your head as the most fun you have on these things. Cause usually it's pretty groundhog day, you know, when you same, go on these. Same thing so. every time. See, that's why I also yeah. enjoy adding a little alcohol in there. It just it loosens everyone. <laughs> what, yes, what up absolutely. As well. 
Nathan. Excuse no, me. You, now you obviously you've been able to to be be a performer now you've you've even put out an album mm-hmm. uh your most recent one evolution uh came out i believe what last year is that correct yeah, uh, last early last year so what 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 can you describe that for folks and what they can expect if if they get a chance to listen to it on spotify or, or any of the the players yeah um so it's interesting so evolution the story behind that album is I had actually released a full EP and a full length album prior to evolution and, um, all very, a good mix of original songs written by myself and the band written by other songwriters. And I actually was offered a record deal in the middle of COVID of all things. And the record label wanted to sort of combine the turn it up EP and the good time album, which was the name of the two, the two projects. And, they sat down with me and we picked our our favorite songs out of the bunch and um and they wanted to re-release them as one body of work and so in order to do that the other two projects had to come down and the new project was released and my producer and i um went through and recut and updated the older songs and and sort of brought everything into being one cohesive project and that was why it was called evolution that's why i called it that it was the evolution of who i was as an artist the two projects i had released sort of converging together to be one um and it's really a very good representation i think of who i am as an artist who i am as a songwriter um what you can expect if you were to come to a show um, I really do think in many ways it's the best of us. There's so much that's not on that album that has been on previous projects, which is so strange to me um, now that th- those are down. But but it's it's a great representation. And I, I was they were really great about allowing me to be a part of handpicking those songs. I, I didn't kind of get bulldozed. I, I was very much included in the songs that ended up on that project. So it, it felt like it felt like a good anyway. That's why it's called Evolution. That's the little like backstory to that no i i like that and and was it weird to go back and kind of re-record or update some of the, the songs because i feel like you know those are in a sense you know your babies they've already put out there i mean is it kind of weird to give them a little i guess you know boost so to speak it it is but it's really fun because at the same time we've been performing those songs live now for years and so there's things that you start to do live that are different from the album cut that are in some ways geared to a live crowd but in some ways cooler because you've had time you've had you've had all these years to play with it and get creative and keep yourself entertained when you have to sing the same song so much so um i think my guitar player was actually really excited on a couple of them to be like i've always hated that one guitar part i did and now i get to do it again you know (laughs) and so in some ways it was strange because you're like gosh the last time we did this we've we're in such a different place and and at the same time it was really fun to do it and i'm i've obviously i sing them differently now i i perform them they mean things that are different to me now so mostly it was really cool i mostly felt bad for my producer who had to go back and like reopen all the files and start over again he probably had the worst job honestly to have to do that but for him too he he opened some of these songs and was like gosh i would just do this completely differently now i mean we're talking about we're talking about hold on, let me do some quick math, like a six year span between when these were first recorded to when evolution was recut. So you learn a lot in six years about yourself and, um, and you, you do things very differently in that time. 
So. Well, well, like you said, I mean, being on tour, being able to perform them live, you, you, things just everything evolves. I mean, which goes perfect to the evolution of, of evolution of you, the songs, everything. It's a it's a great play on on words there. I, I think I read where you know you being a songwriter as well, being very immersed in, in the music that you like to have a little bit of both on their stuff that you've written stuff that songwriters have written why is that kind of important to you because i'm guessing that goes back to your background and and, and what you've done in the, in the industry as well yeah i mean i definitely love to songwrite and be a part of the songwriting process i think that um it's important even if i would say to a singer even if you don't consider yourself a songwriter um getting with co-writers and being a part of some of the creation of of what you do is it just gives you a different feeling of ownership about it, different pride in it. Um, I've been a songwriter a long time, so it's important for me to be a part of it, but there are far more talented songwriters than me out there and they don't sing. That's not, that's not their, their, their thing. And I mean, and they might be great singers, but they're not performers, maybe I should mm -hmm. say. And so it used to be, especially in Nashville, the relationship between the singer and the songwriter was like this really beautiful celebrated thing. And I really feel like as streaming took over as the main source of music consumption and profit went down, it started to become required that the performer and the artist songwrite because this is where the income was going to come from. And this is where it was going to go back to your label as well. So from a business perspective, I appreciate that. But what's happened is that you've got these incredible incredible songwriters and um it's almost becoming like a, a mark against you as a singer if you're not the songwriter on everything and i i think that that shouldn't that shouldn't be severed that relationship so i love celebrating other songwriters and for me if i hear a song and the first thing i think is gosh i wish i'd written that i knew i i know i have to cut it if that's the feeling of like i have songwriter envy and i'm like dang <laughs> that as soon as I have that feeling I'm like please let me sing your song you know um and I just I really I really honor and celebrate the songwriters I I tell you there's I am not a person that can just sit down and write a song every day I it's just not, I'm not wired that way I've got something's got to hit me or, or or something's got to be going on and you sit with some of these people here in Nashville and I mean they can be on their fourth right of the day and they come in and they clear their head and all of a sudden this just genius is coming out of them and you're like wow <laughs> Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yes. This person needs to, to be celebrated and their songs need a, need a platform, you know? So for me, it's important to have both, you know? Well, and, and talking to, to, to folks, especially some that have kind of done what, what you've done as well, you know, do a little bit behind the scenes and then also being kind of in front of the scenes, you know, there's just, there's so many probably amazing hits that just will never see the light of day because they just, yeah. you know, there's so much being turned out in Nashville that it's just crazy what, what goes on there. Um, now, now when you, when you write your songs and, and, or, you know, at least co-write co on them, do you always, do you go in with like an idea? Do you have something you're pulling from past experiences, a little bit of both? How does your process work when, when trying to get the, the songs written? Um, a little bit of both. So sometimes I'll sit down with Bruce, that's my lead guitar player, and he'll have a lick or he'll have an, a, just a musical riff on the guitar he's got in his head. And that will be the thing that, that starts the idea or that will be the, the inspiration. Um, we had a song that did really well. We did a collaboration with Smoes, a hip hop artist and called Lazy River. I, I wrote the original and, and he came and featured on a remix of it. And that was actually my producer came to me with this, this track idea. 
And he was like, I don't know. I feel like it's a summer song. I feel like it's something about being on the lake or the water or the, you know. And growing up in Georgia, we used to go up to Helen, Georgia, and we used to tube in the summer down the river. And so I was like, oh, I, I got it. I got it. So the initial idea did not come from me, but it, it got my wheels turning. So a lot of times it's observing other people, um, what they're going through, obviously personal experience. So it's a mixed bag for me, for sure. But I, um, if there's a musical idea already down, like an art, the, the, the player or the producer already has got the, a musical thought, that is very inspiring for me. And it gives me a really good jumping off point. Um, I do play piano pretty proficiently. I'm okay on the guitar. You probably don't want to hear it soloed in any kind of real way. <laughs> but again, far better players than me. So it's it's fun for me to co-write with people who are really good players because it just allows me to put my instrument on the forefront, which is my voice. Well, and, and you know, there's nothing wrong with, you know, laying down a, a, your, your idea and then letting the lead guitarist or, or your band uh, go, all right, we got this. We're, we're this you is what we're paid to do. Yeah. <laughs> no, oh, no, nothing wrong at all with that. <laughs> now, now, you know, you talked about having a lot of fun when you perform. I mean, you, you, you always bring the energy. I mean, is that just, is that your personality all the time or is that just on stage where you transform or, or is that just, you know, 24 seven Hannah? Uh, that's such a good question. I, I think that's, I'm a pretty bubbly person. I'm a pretty high energy person, but actually, which surprises people sometimes, I'm actually also pretty introverted. The other side of me, like people, I get asked in interviews sometimes like, well, what do you do when you're on home and you're not on the road? I'm like, I'm so boring. I catch up on my murder mystery 2020 dateline. You know, I hike my dog. I hang out with my husband. I, I'm, I'm really introverted. I don't like to be in crowds. I don't like, you know, so... I think that that's essential for me to recharge so that then I can go out and express the other side of myself, which is pretty bubbly and energetic. Like I think as a rule, if people were, if you were to ask me to describe me, that's probably what they would say. So it's not a big stretch on stage. (laughs) That is who I am, you know. But but not 24-7, maybe like eight you know a couple eight days eight hours a day a couple days a week something like that right yeah I mean I so the other thing that I do is I'm a I'm a vocal coach I've run a run a vocal studio for a really long time um and I've coached singers forever and um I definitely turn that on for them I definitely make sure I've got that energy for them because I I feel like they deserve that they need that from me when we're in a coaching environment and I get pulled into the studio to vocal produce clients and um so I, I also, when that's over and it's time to like close the door and be Hannah, I'm definitely much more calm. Yeah. Well, like you I'm said, you got to recharge, got to recharge, got to. I'm tired. Honestly. Yeah. 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 It, 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 it would be very tiring to do that all, all the time. Yeah. Uh, now, in addition to the Hannah Anders band, you, you also, your band also kind of has a, a secondary show, so to speak speak I get, would secondary be the right word i don't, I don't yeah, know an additional additional there we go yeah additional uh, show uh, additional option for folks and that's kerosene the miranda lambert tribute show that's right how did how did that come about and why did that come about all right so it's a funny thing because um for a long time i've seen tribute bands obviously tribute bands have been a thing for a very very long time and i have always kind of been fascinated by the idea that 
I guess I always understood tributes to people that were either not alive or weren't touring anymore. I, com- mm-hmm. I that always made complete sense to me. Like, yes, let's let's tribute ABBA. They don't tour anymore. You know, let's let's tribute Bowie or you know these people that <clears throat> aren't really obviously Bowie's not around anymore. So, um, and, and as time has gone on, and you watch bands start to tribute people that are actively touring, who are actively available to go see live, and yet the tributes are cleaning up like people are just so excited to get as close as they can to the person that they're such a fan of and and truthfully the the main artist is only going to hit certain arenas or certain venues Mm -hmm. and then they're going to move on whereas a tribute has the luxury really to fill in in a bunch of places that the act may not go so during covid obviously all of us got locked down and musicians got hit we got hit very very hard our entire 2020 obviously we were not being picked on that was everybody um you know hit the decks and and we were at home and our livelihood was on the line and one of the things i was noticing was that the tribute bands were still kind of trucking along i mean not obviously in the heart of things being locked down but as things were sort of soft opening it was the tribute bands that venues were willing to still book because the I, I don't think people maybe understand the domino effect of not booking a band. It's like, yes, that band is hurt, but there's a, a ripple of people that are now affected from the venue to those bartenders, to the waitresses, to the doormen, to the sound guy. You know, so many people lose their job that night when that band does not play. So I really feel like venues started to get very scared, justifiably so, about their well-being. And so they figured, well, if we put a tribute in here, the fan base is built in, we're going to put butts in seats, and we're going to pull ourselves out of this really horrible time. Mm -hmm. And we really thought 2021, we all kind of stupidly thought we would be well out of this. Um, And we got back to shows a little, but not very much. And the tribute bands were just killing it. I mean, playing left and right. And I'm watching this like, what is happening with the world right now? Like this person is actually, you can see them. Why, why? You know, and I thought, you know what? I'm not going to question why. I I get it. I honor it. I admire the hustle of these bands that are going out and they found a niche and they have found a way to go and, and pay tribute to somebody that they're inspired by. And I thought to myself, all right, we can fight that that's what's happening or we can add an element to who we are that makes us appealing to venues that are afraid and have suffered very badly in the last two years and make it easier for them to book us. Hey, we're the Hannah Anders Band. This is who we are. We're an original act. We do classic country and Southern rock covers is part of our longer concert set if you want them, but we're an original band. Also now, we offer this other option if you're not sure about taking a chance on an original band in your venue, we offer a Miranda Lambert tribute act, which doesn't exist right now. And um, it was such an easy thing for us because we cover her already. I love her. I think she's incredible. I love her songs. I've always loved her songs. In fact, when we cover her, um, if people don't know Miranda, which I can't explain, but if people don't know her, they think that it's our music because it's such a similar feeling so when we sat down as a band we thought what can we offer to put ourselves out of this sort of bottleneck that's happening to original bands as a result of covid and what's happened to the venues um she was an instant pick not only from feeling like 
feeling honored to tribute her and, and being such a fan of hers as a songwriter and an artist and a strong woman in country music. But um, also it was strategic. It was, it was, let's add something that, that venues will go, well, we've had them in his kerosene. They were awesome. That wasn't a major risk because there's Miranda fans built into our demographic. And now we feel more comfortable opening the door to them as an original act. And so a lot of it was, um, was just kind of taking a step back and looking at the live scene and seeing what was accessible to us. And it's actually been so fun. Like it's been so fun to put the set together. We did it um, in full in the fall at a casino. And actually we had these a huge group of guys walk up to the stage and they had been walking the casino floor and they said, oh my God, we came up because we thought Miranda was playing. And I was all, oh. <laughs> thanks. So I'm like, okay, we're doing a good job here, you know? So it's actually been so fun. It's been fun to create the costumes and like, you know, watch her on stage and sort of pick up some of that. So um, I'm excited. We actually have kerosene shows on the books already for this year. I'm really actually now super, super fired up about adding this to our offer. And we've got several shows where we're in a venue this year for a weekend and we're the Hannah Anders band one night and we're kerosene the next. And we actually have a show in Ju July where we're opening as kerosene and headlining as the Hannah Anders band. <laughs> Can you even believe I'm like, whoa, <laughs> it's going to be a full like phone booth moment, you know, but that was exactly the point. It was exactly the point to give venues confidence that we could come in and, and put people in their seats and then we could drive it home just by being who we are. And so um, that's a long answer to your question, but that was how the idea of kerosene was born. Hey, no, nothing wrong with that. It's always interesting because you just never know because some people, they don't ever want to be someone else, you know, yeah. I mean, so to speak. But And, and you, you talked about it a little bit there, but <laughs> is there a – obviously you bring a lot of energy. Miranda brings a lot of energy. All of her songs are kind of that way. Um, how different are, are the two shows? Or is there a little bit of – or a good bit of overlap? There's a little bit of overlap. So, you know, Kerosene was just launched last year. We've only done a handful of shows as Kerosene. So um, that is probably a question I can answer better six months from now. But I can tell you that there is – Miranda has a ton of sort of mid-tempo and ballad songs that are her hits and her singles. If you think about the catalog of her work – um, you know, most, a lot of our hits are all kinds of kinds and the house that built me and Tin Man. And, you know, so in hearkening back to the earlier part of our conversation, I sort of have the reverse of the show, right. Is, is that we might do one or two of those, but mostly it's going to be really up tempo. So it, that was interesting for me on the first Miranda show to find my stride at that pace and probably really good for me, probably really good for me. And, um, but yeah, there's definitely also some overlap because she's kind of sassy and, you know, and spunky and, um, and just has a little bit of attitude, just a little bit, <laughs> which God love her for it. And so it's been easy to take on that part of her. And it's been a great learning experience to take on the other parts of her. And I too sort of had the initial reaction of like being somebody else and, and taking that on. I totally understand that. And and I, I've been very aware of the tribute world for a long time. And that was sort of my hesitancy um, as well. And my perspective just really shifted in the last really six to eight months. And it was like, well, I can I can die on that hill of or I can recognize that there's 
great responsibility and honor attributing somebody and you should do it to somebody that you that you respect and love and you should also then as an original act you can use that as a way to separate yourself from other original acts that are vying for these spots and they're limited spots and so how do you separate yourself how do you come forward and say this is something else we can offer that gives a venue a little more confidence you know so for me it became very quickly just a, a smart business decision and then also something really fun to do and I love her catalog of music so much that I've really enjoyed it I have more fringe in my closet right now than I ever thought <laughs> I would have I'm having these costumes made that are like like why don't I have more fringe in the Hannah Anders band I feel like I've been definitely like depriving myself here so it's a win-win win-win for everyone yes absolutely it's been really fun actually really really fun so i'm excited to see what this year holds for kerosene well and 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 you you've mentioned it it seems like you just there's just something about being on stage what what is it about being on stage and being able to perform and you know not just have fun but you know people singing along you know and just grooving to the music what's that like to be able to do something like that that not very many people get to do yeah it's it's the best feeling in the whole world i mean there's something about being on stage and you know you always hear that well music is the universal language music is the universal connector you hear that and I think the only way you really experience it is a as the audience member in a in a show. I read this great thing once that's like the best thing about going to a concert is that you can be standing next to all these strangers, but you're united in your love for this band or uh, of this music, and you can be singing along side by side and hyping each other up that you both love this song and have absolutely no other connection. But the music is strong enough that for that night you're the best of friends. You know, um, to be the person that facilitates that is such a privilege and it's such a high and it's I I try to stop myself at least once a show and just absorb it and and look at it and um be a spectator even if just for a few seconds you don't want to be like awkward about it but, <laughs> just but staring like, out there yeah, just just really awesome at them. staring at people um but you know sometimes you see footage of like these bigger artists and they're on these and they start to cry you know if like they stop and look around at an arena and and that it is it's, it's just an overwhelming um and it doesn't matter if it's 50 people 500 people 50,000 it doesn't matter there's an overwhelming sense of privilege and um and adrenaline and excitement and then to feel an audience respond to you in that way is just it's just an incredible thing and and you talked about being being a musician and kind of you know from the first time you cut songs to re-recording them you, you know it's you're you're rounding up to the decade I, I'll, I'll say that we're rounding up to the decade on, on it all what's the journey been like for you because i feel like for those that don't think about it, it's not an easy journey for the most part. There's always a lot of uh, obstacles to overcome. So what's that been like yeah. for you? <sighs> <laughs> that good. All right. Next question. We'll just go to the next question. <laughs> it's been really hard. It's been really hard. Um, it's been wonderful. It's been, um, I'm going to tell you the moments I think that's why state the stage is so is so cathartic for me because you put up with a with a lot of crap 
and you put up with a lot of abuse and a lot of, um, you know, musicians are some of the most poorly treated people in the world as far as entertainment goes. I mean, the money, if you get, you know, especially early in your career that people offer you for, for the amount of work and the amount of skill that is walking onto a stage. I mean, if you go see a band, even if you've never heard of them, you happen to be in a venue and that's the band that's getting up and, and they, and they're killing it. Like to know the amount of work, not only individually that those players have put into being able to do that so effortlessly, but as a band and the rehearsal time and the hours and the, the commitment and the gas and the time and the load. And if you ever seen a drummer load in their gear and load out their gear, like you have a whole new respect for, you know, the cool guy on the drums. Right. And so, um, there's been a lot, there's been lost record deals. There's been people who take advantage. There's, there's liars, there's thieves, there's, you know, there's all kinds of, and then, you know, and then you get blessed with a great person who believes in you and lifts you back up out of that, out of that trench. But, but man, it's it's a whole lot of drudgery for really then a moment of glory. And then it's back to getting in the car and driving 12 hours and not sleeping and doing your makeup in the rearview mirror, you know, really quick so that you can make your stage time. And um, and it's really hard and it's not for the faint of heart. And, and it's definitely, um, it's definitely, you know, I have people ask me like, you know, what would you say to young artists? And I would just say, you know, it's, it's a marathon. It's not even about like who can run the fastest. It's who can run the longest before, because people are going to start to fall off and justifiably. So this is very, very, very hard. Um, and there have been many times where I have sat on my floor and just cried and been like, only a crazy person would like continue to do this with their life, you know? And I'm really lucky in that I've got really good people and support and, I don't know how people do this without that support, without their family lifting them up and, and reminding them of who they are. And, you know, and I have an amazing partner and my now husband who, you know, I called once from Liverpool, England, because we had just flown 12 hours to get there. And all three of our shows got canceled as soon as we landed. <laughs> and we had shows picking up from there in, in Ireland, but now we just basically flown to England for, for nothing. Okay. And I called him and I was like, that's it. I've had it. I'm so sick of the disrespect. I'm so sick of this. This industry is just awful. And I'm, I'm crying. And he, and he listened and he goes, okay, I'm going to give you like 24 hours and then I'm going to need you to pull Hannah back up out of the trenches, put your big girl pants on and, and go finish this tour because I know who you are. And it's like, I was so grateful because it would have been so easy to be like, you're right. What are you doing? Get, you know, come home. Um, and he gave me my moment to have a diva dip and, and feel really sorry for myself. And I did, I felt really sorry for myself and really bad for my, my guys. Um, but I'm, I've been really, really fortunate. So if you want to do this, keep good people around you, you know, keep people around you who tell you when you're off track and who remind you who you are when you feel like it just all sucks because some days it just all sucks. And then you get on stage and people are singing your song back to you and you're like, yes, this is, this was worth it. You know? Well, and, and too, you know, you, you got to, you get to go to some amazing places too and meet amazing people when, when, when things, you know, when, when the stars align and that's something to be said for that. You know, you talk about, you know, having the kerosene, the tribute show. Hannah Andrews is also, I mean, 
two two for one on one of the nights, you, you, you know, <laughs> things like that. So what can people expect from, from y'all in, in 2022? So my greatest hope this year is that we're going to tour the way we're supposed to. I, I, I know that we're still in a very, a very uncertain time. Um, but I, you know, this might be an unpopular opinion, but I, I know we've got this recent variant and it's just spreading like wildfire. And thankfully it seems to be not quite as tough on people. And as much as I don't want anybody to get sick with this, at the same time, if we can get a mild version of this to go around, I feel like we can crawl out of this thing. I feel like if people can get immune and get strong, whether that's through vaccine or natural antibodies or whatever it is, I feel like we can come out the other side of this mess. So as much as I hate to see this many people getting sick, I actually had it as well um, in December. Somehow two years I avoided COVID and then down I went, you know, which is why I've got a little residual cough, not sick anymore, but that's kind of lingered. Um, I, I'm hopeful as a result of this, um, as much as I want everybody to be well and get through it, um, that we might come out the other side this year. I feel like obviously 2020 was a bust because we were dealing with it for the first time. 2021, we were still trying to get our bearings. I hope this is it. So with that said, um, you know, the goal would be to, to my husband just got home. Distracted me. <laughs> <laughs> the goal would be to get back on the road, to be touring the way that, that we want to. Um, I'd like to get back in the studio and write and record. I really we released evolution in January and that was, um, that was the big push last year. And I haven't really, um, gotten back into, I was working on some other big creative projects, um, for my vocal studio and launched an online masterclass called the vocal Academy. And, uh, all my sort of creative juice went, went into that. So I'd like to get back and write and release new music, but I want to get back on stage so bad. I was the first show last year was in June after over a year off and I felt like a baby giraffe learning to walk again it was so <laughs> awkward <laughs> like, and I feel like the audience felt awkward too like oh should we be here are we supposed to be is this okay you know so I'd like us to sort of come out of that you know I think the whole world is ready to come out of that absolutely and i can just imagine every, everyone just it's you think it's like riding a bike but it's everyone's still going i don't i don't know like we i my wife and i went went out to a comedy show the other night and i was still going all right this is kind of weird i mean i know we're all most of us are behaving ourselves but it's still just has that weird feeling but hopefully we'll things will will look good in 2022 and and folks will be able to have a little more fun and, and get to to see folks like yourself out on stage and if you want to find out more about hannah hannahanders.com she's also on all the social media check her out you you're missing out if you don't and hannah this has been a blast and, and thank you for for sharing your story and and your love of music thank you so much for all the wonderful questions and for having me on i really appreciate it <laughs>